did. I'll invite you to please stand as you are able for our reading for today. Our reading for today is two smaller sections from the book of Acts, but it is about this, this community that's fostered in the early church. So we hear from Acts 4, 32 through 37, and then again from Acts 6, 1 to 6. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite from Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him and then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to keep accounts. Therefore, brothers and sisters, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the Word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit, together with, with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our risen Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. I spent five summers of my young adulthood working up at Camp Emmaus outside of Managa. And one of the things that I love about camp are the times where we are stretched beyond our usual comfort zone, where we're given a space and an opportunity to learn and to grow. I should say that the actual stretching and being pushed out of the comfort zone, I actually kind of hated because it was really uncomfortable <laughs> and I didn't like it so much when I was in it. And yet afterwards could see so much power there. Being stretched beyond your comfort zone can be, by definition, really uncomfortable, right? I remember there was one time in particular where we were doing some uh, some staff training kinds of things. The counselors were all together doing some team-building initiatives that we would help lead with our campers later that summer. And in this one particular initiative, uh, we were blindfolded, and then we were led into this web of rope. And this rope was kind of wrapped around a few trees to make a little bit of a maze. And there were four of us that were blindfolded and were in this maze. And we were tasked with feeling around the rope to find our way out. If we needed help, we could ask the facilitator for help. And so the four of us started on our way, feeling our way around the rope. 
I was trying to be as strategic as I could to feel, you know, paying particular attention to where the rope would go around the trees, thinking there might be some disconnects there. Thought it would be an easy place to hide a latch or find a, a way to set myself free. And I kept going, and I just, I, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. I wasn't finding it. And so my self-talk started to be, okay, just focus in. You can do this. You got this. I was going to find my way out. So 20 minutes later, I still haven't found it. And the others in the circle had asked for help, and the facilitator had led them out, but I still hadn't found it. So I hunkered down and I recommitted. Another five minutes pass, and my teammates are starting to get frustrated. They keep saying, Eric, just, just ask for help. Just do it. Let's get going. Nope, it's okay. I can do this. I can find my way out. Y'all, the only way out of the maze was to ask for help. That was it. It was a circle of rope. <laughs> The only way out was to ask for help. But I didn't want to. I wanted to find my own way out. Anyone else ever been caught in a cycle like this? Right? You don't have to raise hands. We know. <laughs> Anyone else been caught in those places where we are, we're so focused on going it alone that we don't see the others waiting there to help? We don't see the community waiting with open arms and open spirits. We just need to find the way through ourselves. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Our reading today from Acts 4 is, it's after the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had been given to the disciples from God to help them, to advocate for them in their new life together as the church. And now we see this group that began with Jesus calling just 12 of them. And they're powered by the Holy Spirit and becoming a new kind of community in the world. And God's intent for the church and community is wholeness and harmony found in our interdependence with and for one another. Found in the ways that we're able to rely on each other, support one another, and care for each other in ways that give life. And we see that kind of community in Acts 4. It's astonishing for us living all these centuries later to hear about this kind of Christian community. Can you imagine no one claiming anything for themselves? Everything being held in common. Makes our brains kind of short-circuit a bit. It doesn't compute, really, for the context of our world. This past week in our Tuesday Bible study, it was noted that this kind of sounds like a, a creation story of sorts about the church. This kind of Garden of Eden sense where life is nourished and cared for in seemingly impossible ways. But just like the Garden of Eden, it doesn't last long. Just like in our life in the church, there are conflicts that come up at times. In chapter 5, there are two members of the community that decide they're going to sell their property, but they're going to hold back some for themselves instead of laying it out for the community. And this causes a disconnection 
in the community, a rift, a, a separation of sorts among the community that is not easily overcome. The harmony that they found, the interconnectedness that they found was short-lived. We understand that temptation to kind of hold back some for ourselves too, don't we? I think it's the gravitational pull of our culture is toward making sure that we are okay, we are taken care of first. I don't need anyone else. I can make it on my own. And while that may be true to an extent, the life that we find in relationship and in community with one another can't be found on our own. There's a proverb that many of us may have heard before, but it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. I think that's true of the church. I think that's true of any community that comes together in faith, seeking to care for one another, to help one another. These are things that we cannot do on our own, and so the Holy Spirit calls us together in community. We're here because of the communities that have witnessed to Jesus before. We're here to, because of the witness of those who have gone before us, who have told the old, old story of Jesus and his love. We simply wouldn't be here today without them. But even more than that, we're witnesses to the power of community when we're able to gather together and share our gifts with our neighbors in a way that brings or sustains life and vitality in our community. We've all seen this happen at some point in our lives, right? People coming together for the sake of care and love, for the sake of looking out for one another. We see it happening again in Acts chapter 6. We see the Christ community bounce back from the disconnect in chapter 5 in a really powerful way. The church has grown so much in those two chapters that there are even communities of Greeks that are coming down and living among them. They want to know more about who this Jesus is. And there's some dissension in the community because the Greeks are complaining that their widows are being neglected in the daily distribution of food. So how does the church respond? Does the church respond by giving a, a stern lecture and a dismissal to make do with what they have? No. Not at all. The whole community gathers to make a plan. They say, okay, we need to make sure we are continuing to pray and read Scripture so that we don't become disconnected to God. And we also need someone to tend to this complaint, tend to this disconnect, this disharmony in our community. So they look around and they decide who among them has the spiritual gifts of wisdom in their community and would be able to discern the best way forward in this problem. So they create what was probably the first ever church committee, right? It's basically what they did. They set apart seven people who are tasked with finding a way to right the injustice that had been done in the community. The whole church then surrounds them in prayer and sets them about their work. Isn't that beautiful? It's a powerful 
Testament, a powerful witness to the caring community of church. What a way to glorify God in their community. And we have ways that we do this in our community as well. We have committees, groups of different people charged with caring for the church and the wider community in all matter of different ways. Because sometimes the only way out of a situation is to ask for help. Sometimes the only way out of a situation is to reach out. I wish I would have known that when I was caught in a web for 25 minutes all those years ago. I think that's God's desire for us as a church. To use the gifts that we have in the community for the sake of the benefit of each and every child of God. So that each and every person in our community would be made known that they are loved. So that the good news of God would be shared with all. And as Luke tells us of that first church community in Acts, that there would not be a person in need among us. It was so with them, and we pray that it would be so with us as well. Amen.